Hi, I'm Evan Duncan, the senior pastor of the Baptist Church of Westchester in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm so glad you found our podcast channel. On it, we share our weekly messages, and from time to time, you'll see some other things as well. If you want to learn more about our church or see how you can contact us, visit bcwc.org. I'm Evan, I'm the pastor here, and welcome. It's so good to be with you, to worship together. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, band. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Annabelle, for the way that you've led this morning. It's been wonderful. And uh, just as a preview, I'll let you know, after the service, as brunch is beginning, Annabelle created a video that is pretty hilarious, mostly at my expense, and it will we'll show it uh, at the beginning of brunch. So you will want to make sure that you see that. Today we're beginning this uh, series about prayer, about prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer, ways that we pray, a little bit of how to pray, some of the challenges we might face when we pray. There has likely been a time in your life where you've been trying to craft, you know, the perfect words. When you're trying to say something and you're afraid you might get it wrong. I think about a time in college. I shared an apartment with three other young men, and often in the evenings we would convene because one of us needed to send a text message to a potential romantic interest. And we would collaborate together to say, yeah, I don't think you should say that. How do you convey these words? You're afraid. You might mess it up. It's a delicate dance. You've been there, right? Crafting that email, that letter, that response. I think about the cover letter I had to write when I was trying to let a church in Westchester, Pennsylvania know that I was interested in them. Are they interested in me? I think if we're honest, we might feel that way when we pray sometimes. Can I get the words right? Do I know what to say? As a pastor, I often hear from people saying, can you just, can you just help me figure out how to pray? I think there are some hurdles that we face when it comes to prayer. For some, it seems like prayer comes easy. For others, we think, I don't know how to do this, what to say, what to do. See, some of these hurdles that we might face are these. We, we don't know how. Am I doing this wrong? Do I look silly? Is it even possible that there's a God out there who might listen? Perhaps we feel like it won't make a difference. Does it matter if I pray? Could God care? In the world today, we might even look with skepticism at praying. We might mock praying. As we see around us, people use prayer saying things like praying for you or thoughts and prayers and then move on with their lives. They use it as a way to say something but not do anything. So perhaps that makes us hesitant to pray. Perhaps we feel our prayers are ineffective. I think also we may have a hard time praying because we don't know exactly who we're praying to. What is the nature of this relationship between us and a God? That's what we're going to be talking about the next three weeks. 
We'll look at ways to pray, talk about why we pray, even practice some praying together. In her book, Help Thanks Wow, the writer Anne Lamott, who's one of my favorite spiritual writers, she talks about how these are three essential prayers she has found for her life. Help, thanks, wow. And that's been helpful for me when the words are hard to come by and I don't know what to say. I can say help. I can say thanks. I can say wow. So today we begin with the prayer of help and we go to a place in the scripture where we find a prayer of help. This is Psalm 86. We're going to read together Psalm 86. We'll start with verses 1 through 5. The psalmist prays, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for you to do I cry all day long. Gladden the soul of your servant. For you, O Lord, lift up, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, you are abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. The psalmist is praying at the lowest point of their life. They are stuck. They feel like they have nowhere to go. And so they call out to God, God, will you turn your ear to me? I'm poor and needy. Preserve my life. Save me. Help. This week, uh, I was loading our, our twins into the car, and our neighbors were trying to unload a fridge out of a moving truck. As they were trying to unload the fridge, they were kind of all yelling together and struggling. You know what that's like. I said, uh, do, you, do you guys do you need some help? Oh, no, no, we got it, they said, as they continued to struggle and talk and find themselves under the crushing weight of the fridge. I decided to just go around anyway once I got my kids buckled and said, I really can help you. So together we kind of got that refrigerator off of the truck. Isn't this often how we face our problems? I got it. I can control it. I can do it by myself. I can handle it, they said, as the fridge was literally falling on them. Having twins has totally changed how my wife and I think about help. If you offer to help, we will say yes. We do not assume it is just polite. We will take you up on it. Because it's hard. And we need help. When we say help, we admit that we are not in control. And this is what we find in this psalm, a prayer of help. It says, I, I, I don't have it all together. I can't get out of this alone. This is what makes this prayer so essential. Because when we are able to pray help, we are able to graciously welcome the Lord who wants to help us. And is waiting, ready for us to say, yes, I need help. Can you help me? The prayer of help is saying to the God who wants to be close to us, actually, I'm not God. I don't have this. Will you join with me? 
Lamont says this, prayer is taking a chance against all odds and past history that we are loved and we are chosen and we don't have to get it all together before we show up. The opposite may be true. We may not be able to get it together until after we show up in such miserable shape. Help. This psalm shows us what help looks like. It is expressing the needs of the writer. What do we say when we need to pray? Well, you can just say help. Yes, but will saying help help? Right? That's the question. If I say help, if I call out to God help, does it make a difference? I want to read more from Psalm 86. This is verses 11. We'll read. We'll see. <laughs> 11 and 12. Teach me your way, O God, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart to revere your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. So the psalmist begins saying, help, I need help. And then the prayer shifts. And the help becomes, and teach me your ways. Help me walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart. Do you notice what's happened here? This prayer of help begins with help. I don't know what to do. And then becomes not just about getting out of the sticky situation. Instead, there is something happening here. After beginning to express himself, the psalmist now realizes that what he really needs is help becoming something new, becoming more like Jesus, as we'd say as Christians. And so we wonder, does prayer make a difference? And the psalmist reminds us that yes, God does act in our present circumstances. Yes, but God also acts in our own development. That when we pray, we are opening up a way to become more and more like Christ. When we pray, we might meet God. We might become more on the way with Jesus, more in truth. I love that language there. Give me an undivided heart. That speaks to us right today in 2022. Help me not be so distracted, so pulled apart. So looking everywhere and challenged. Help me to focus on you. Prayer changes us. And it will change us as a community when we pray together. I love how C.S. Lewis puts it when he says this talking about prayer. He says, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. Another spiritual writer, Richard Foster, says it like this. In prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him. Desire the things God desires. Love the things God loves. Will the thing God wills. Prayer changes us. Will it make a difference, we ask, to offer prayers, to speak to God? Yes. God may respond in ways you expect and ways you don't, but God responds and God changes us. Prayer slows us down, helps us pay attention, 
invites us to remember who we are and what God says about us, invites us to act. That final hurdle I mentioned about prayer is, what is, who is this that I'm praying to? Does it make a difference? Does it matter? Am I saying the right words? I think about writing those messages, trying to figure out the thing to say to the potential romantic interest. What's the nature of our relationship? How do you know that I want to spend time with you, but not just as friends? <laughs> Who are we praying to? Let's read verses 13 through 15 of Psalm 86. The psalmist says, For great is your steadfast love towards me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol, or the darkness, or the pit. O oh God, the insolent rise up against me. A band of ruffians seek my life. They do not see you before them. But you, O oh Lord, are a God merciful and gracious. You're slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Last week, we heard this exact same language on the lips of Jonah. This is the expression of God's character. You are abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. As the psalmist is praying, help, help, the psalmist is reminded of God's character. Oh yeah, you are that loving compassionate God that wants to help me. You don't need me to have it all together to come before you. You don't need me to be in control. I am loved. I am chosen. Our prayers are powerful because of who we pray to. We can say help to our God because we know God. God has shown God's self to us. Yes, in the pages and prayers of the Old Testament, even more clearly in the person of Jesus, this is what God is like. God loves us and cares for us. God listens. God is ready to act. Lamont says prayer means that in some unique way we believe that we are invited into a relationship with someone who hears us when we speak into the silence. What is the nature of the one that we are praying to? In his book, Wits, Sky Jatani, a pastor and thinker, talks about our relationship to God and says there are lots of ways we think about our relationship with God and we, and we miss it. Sometimes we think that our relationship with God is about life from God, where, where our relationship to God is that we want to get things from God. We value comfort and security, and we just say, God, give me these things that I want. Sometimes we think our life is about a relationship over God, where if we show up every Sunday and get all the prayers right and say all the right words, then God will allow me to do whatever I want, and I can have control and success. Sometimes we think our life is designed to be life for God, where we can prove to God and everybody else how great we are, we can earn our status. We value achievement. Sometimes we think our life is about a life under God. But we're just trying for him not to zap us, right? Can God just not zap me? That's my whole goal. I just don't want to get zapped. 
And there might be grains of truth in all of these, that God is over us and does call us to things and does bless us. But these things do not define our relationship as we see it in the scripture. To the, really the way that we are supposed to live with God is not about being from or over or for or under. But it's the last words that Jesus said in the book of Matthew when Jesus said, remember, I am with you always. Prayer reminds us that we are to be with God. That God wants to be with us. That we are to be rooted in a relationship with God. We value God because God is beautiful and good. God is always willing to be with us. God will always give himself to us. We know it because we know Christ who loved us so much. He gave himself for us, his very life. Look at Psalm 86, 13 again. Great is your steadfast love for me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. You notice that word delivered? It's in the past. In the midst of the most difficult time, the psalmist says, you already delivered me. This is not to dismiss the real challenges that the psalmist is facing in the moment or the real challenges we all face. But it is a reminder that God is already with us. God has already helped. God, by his presence and love, is among us. And so as we pray, help. We remember. We remember that he is the one who delivers Christ Jesus, who has conquered sin and death for us, that God loves to help. And God has given God's self to us in Christ. Recently, I came across this tweet of a father and his three-year-old, and I love it so much. The father is there with his three-year-old and a toy has broken. The three-year-old says, we can fix it, right? My kid always wants me to fix everything. Sometimes fixing it means I go to the store. Don't tell him. We can fix it, right? The dad says, of course. And the three-year-old full of wonder and weird questions says, why do we fix it? The dad says, to make it work again? The child says, no, because we love it. We fix it because we love it. <laughs> the dad silently contemplates this theology that the toddler has taught him. And so we know that we can pray help. We know that we go before God, not because God wants to fix us so we can do things for God. Not so that God won't zap us. <laughs> Not so that we can hold it over God or be under God. No, no, no. God helps. Because God loves. So pray help. Like a child might desire to have help from a parent, knowing that that parent helps because the parent loves. Pray help this week. 
And maybe your prayer of help might even be, help, help, help me believe I can believe. Perhaps our prayer this week is like the father in the New Testament who prayed when Jesus healed his child and he said, I believe, help my unbelief. The primary goal, one writer says, of prayer is not to get God to do the things we want God to do. The primary goal of prayer is that we might be formed to be more like Jesus. So may we go before our God and pray help. Maybe we have no other words, pray help. God longs to respond. God wants to help. Because you are loved. And God wants to form you and shape you. So we're going to get practical here. We're going to take 60 seconds. And in silence, I want to invite you to pray that word, help. Where do you need it? How do you need help? What other people do you know that might need help? In silence, we will pray together. And if prayer is hard or new or uncomfortable for you, no pressure. And just be still, be quiet. But I would encourage you to express this prayer. Maybe just that one word, even to a God that you may not believe in. Help. Maybe even help that I might be open to know this God who is good and who loves. Let's take 60 seconds of quiet and pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, help. We come before you with brokenness and challenges, frustrations and fear. We say help. And God, we know that you are a God who responds. Not so that we can get back to work, but because you love us. Help. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Church of Westchester podcast. If you have questions, want to connect, or are looking for ways that you can support God's work at this church, visit bcwc.org. And as you go, through whatever your day may throw at you, I want to share this blessing with you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you in the wilderness protect you in the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again 
into our doors. Go and be the church.